Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. Support also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Tommy Iafredi, the producing artistic director of Festival 56, the summer professional theater organization in Princeton, Illinois. Welcome, Tommy. Thank you, Carolyn. It's so great to be here. Now, something really special has been going on in Princeton, Illinois for the past 16 years. Mm. Fill us in on what Festival 56 is all about. Sure. Festival 56 is a professional theater company in Princeton, Illinois, which is a small town off of Exit 56 on uh, I-80. Uh, it was started as uh, a company that wanted to explore bringing all sorts of different types of theater offerings to uh, a smaller community by uh, a person who was originally from Pr- uh, Princeton and wanted to go back there and see what he could do for his hometown. Um, we do a number of offerings in the summer. That's a very intense time for us, although we do have offerings year-round. Uh, I am normally a professor in New York, so I'm just here for the summertime, and I'm very excited about all the things that we have coming up this year, because we have six main stage shows, six cabarets, a reading of a new full-length musical, several events all in the next, you know, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about the schedule in just a, in just a minute. It's, it's really extensive. Mm-hmm. So this started in 2004, and just really based on the idea that a small community like Princeton can support quality community theater. Yes, that's what uh, Dexter Brickham, the uh, founding artistic director, really believed. And at the time, I think he was living in New York City, and he spoke to a number of his friends and uh, his wife, and they all came out here and they said, well, let's see what happens if we put on everything from Shakespearean productions to musicals to great American plays uh, and everything in between and and see how it works. And 16 years later, it's still working pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go for your summer lineup because there's something for everyone. Yeah. So um, we're opening our season this year with a theater for young audiences musical called Pinkalicious. And um, it's based on the very popular children's books that I'm sure lots of young parents out there are very familiar with for um, for their children. Uh, after that, we're doing a, a Pulitzer Prize winning play called Rabbit Hole that is a phenomenal piece of theater about uh, a couple that loses their five-year-old son and how they come through that grief process. Uh, After that, we're doing the uh, musical Mary Poppins uh, live on stage, uh, followed by uh, I Do, I Do, which is a two-person musical about marriage. Uh, We meet a couple on their wedding night and follow them through the next 50 years, through their honeymoon period, through their having children, through their children being teenagers, eventually getting married and moving out, and then this couple deciding it's time to downsize and leaving their house to the next couple at the start of their journey. And then at the end of the season, we're doing uh, Little Women. There's a musical version that was done on Broadway about 10, 15 years ago that's wonderful, and we're very excited to be closing out our season with that. In addition to all five of those shows, uh, every year we do a free Shakespeare in the Park. And this year we're doing Othello in Soldiers and Sailors Park, which is right on Main Street in Princeton. And um, we build a set, and it lives there throughout the entire summer until we tear it down in August. (laughs) So the free Shakespeare production that you put on, this year it's Othello, um, that uh, the schedule you can access online. uh, And there are some weekends and some days during the week, I believe on Wednesdays, when you can see the Shakespeare production and also go see one of your ticketed performances. Yes, that's correct. We do our Shakespeare on Wednesday and Sunday evenings from July 7th through 31st. All of those performances are at 7.30 at night. We have to do them in the evening because the lights that we hang up cannot compete with the sun. 
So uh, it's possible to come to Princeton and see a matinee of Mary Poppins or I Do, I Do or Little Women and then stick around for the free Shakespeare in the Park in the evening so that if you're, you know, heading here from the Quad Cities or areas further away, you can see two shows still for the price of one. (laughs) (laughs) And Princeton, Illinois is a short one-hour drive from the Quad Cities. I'm guessing a lot of people don't even realize what what you're doing there. Yeah, it took me less than an hour to get here this morning. And Princeton also is just such a gorgeous little town. There are so many antique shops and wonderful little restaurants. It's a great community to kind of go visit and see what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. This season, Festival 56 is giving a nod to women in theater. Mm-hmm. And that's so well-timed given the recent you know, increase in our understanding about how women have been um, traditionally underrepresented in the arts, yes. including theater. Yes, that's very true. Um, yeah, uh, last year on our casting tour, I was with our casting director, Laura Brigham, who's been the casting director for all 16 seasons of Festival 56's history. And we were talking about how there were so many wonderful young women performers who we weren't able to call back because there were only five women's tracks for our out-of-town company last year. And, you know, if, if you couldn't play Morticia in The Adams Family or Esmeralda in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, we had no use for you. And that was really unfortunate because we were passing up a lot of great talent. So we kind of planned this season around the idea that every show would have at least gender parity in the cast, ideally a majority of women in the cast. Um, And that's true for all of our shows this season. Then that kind of started snowballing where, you know, if we wanted to be telling these stories that were centered around women characters, I didn't really want to have any, or I didn't want to have too many male directors telling these stories, which then turned into us having six women directors for these six productions. Um, recently at the Tony Awards, Rachel Chavkin won the Tony Award for Best Director of a Musical this year for Town, which was also in, you know, all sorts of awards for its writer, Anais Mitchell. Um, and this is the first time that a musical with an entirely female creative team has been recognized that way on Broadway. And in Rachel Chavkin's acceptance speech, she said she is the only woman directing a show on Broadway, a musical on Broadway this season, which is really tragic. And uh, that felt really timely since we're doing this season where we have enti- an entirely female directing uh, staff this year, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. There really are so many new conversations now that we're having about the inequity in theater. And it's so... I think it's just so great that you're trying to uh, make up for that. Yeah, there, there's an organization called the League of Professional Theater Women that releases statistics on off-Broadway productions every year. And in the last five years, from 2013 through 2018, they have percentages of you know sound designers, directors, writers, choreographers, everything, to compare the percentage that identify as male versus female. And some of the results are completely staggering. 15% of sound designers ha- have been female over the last five years. So um, we've been really trying trying hard to to get more opportunities for women as designers, as directors, as performers in positions of leadership with our company this year. Within your production of Othello that's Mm. in the park, you have a cross-gender cast this year. Yes. (laughs) Which which I think is really is really fun. Yeah, it's hard to find Shakespearean productions that have a majority of women. (laughs) So we, of course, have to do some kind of creative thinking of how we're going to make our production of Othello unique. And uh, the director, Jennifer J. Hopkins, who has directed several Shakespearean productions for us in the past, uh, she and I were talking last year when she directed A Midsummer Night's Dream about what we might do. And we talked about several plays that could work in this way. And when we started talking about Othello, I personally was so excited about it, not just because the racial themes in Othello are so timely and important today, but also because the idea of two women playing Othello and Iago and hurling these vitriolic, hateful statements towards one another, it just like got me tingling over what that possibility is because 
uh, there isn't a whole lot of that kind of content in theater or film or television. And I just loved the idea of, of getting to see women be that unabashedly cruel to one another. <laughs> well, I just love the fact that Othello and the other two main male characters are played by women. And yeah. then conversely, their wives yes. are represented by men yep. on stage. And we're not changing any of that language. We're referring to the men as their wives. and <laughs> yeah. Now, the majority of the shows will be held at the Grace Performing Arts Center. What What is that facility like for those who haven't been there before? Yeah, so this is a building that Festival 56 purchased about 10 years ago that was formerly a newspaper printing factory. And um, we have been in various stages of redevelopment over the last 10 years. There's a major lighting overhaul that uh, we did on the stage right now that, you know, audience members will not notice a difference between last year to this year. But boy, does our lighting designer notice a major difference with what we're able to accomplish. And I hope that people are will be able to notice a difference in the art that we offer because of of that. Um, yeah, it's just a beautiful theater that we've created, and there are still some signs of that newspaper printing factory. Um, I'll give a hint to anybody who happens to come out and see a show this year. When you walk into the theater, if you look down, if you don't look quickly, you probably just assume that you're working on walking on brick because you'll see this kind of two to three inch by five to six inch rectangles that you're walking over. Those actually aren't bricks. Those are the end of planks of wood because back when it was a factory, that was the best way to soak up any spilled ink that might have hmm. happened in the day's work. Oh. Well, I can't wait to see that facility. And that's right on Main Street. It's right down the street from uh, Soldiers and Sailors Park, where your outdoor Shakespeare production will be held. Yep. And right on Soldiers and Sailors Park is the Prairie Arts Center, where we're doing I Do, I Do this summer. All three of our venues are a, a very short walk, which makes um, it convenient when you're doing the rounds and checking in on different departments. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, the Prairie Arts Center, it's also an art gallery. It is, Yes. Between the six productions and the multiple dates that each are being performed in total, I had to count these up. You're putting on 40 shows, (laughs) (laughs) which is really incredible. And there's minimal turnaround time. Is this this an unusual schedule for a summer stock theater company? I think so. And I've done lots of summer stock in my day. Uh, I feel that most summer stock companies usually open show number one. And then while show number one is in performances, rehearse shows number show number two. And then, you know, show number one closes two opens, three goes into rehearsals. Um, We don't do that. This is, I think, a byproduct of the fact that Princeton is a smaller town than where most summer stock companies are located. Uh, We have to open multiple shows very quickly with shorter runs, which means that we start rehearsing all of the shows at the beginning of our season. And then once we start um, going through the technical rehearsal process and opening shows, it feels like we're constantly opening shows when we open shows two, three, four, five, right one after the other. So your actors perform in multiple productions through the summer. Yes, they can't do all of them because some of them, you know, are opposite one another and rehearsing at the same time just so that we're able to do this many productions. But there are several actors that are in four of our six productions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think three run concurrently through July. I mean, July is particularly busy. It sure is. July is a very busy performance time, which means that the end of June is a very busy rehearsal time for Uh us. (laughs) You know, I'm also curious about some of the ways in which the community of Princeton, Illinois supports this because Mm -hmm. it sounds like there's, there's really a... A deep level of involvement. The out-of-town performers are put up with host families, for instance. They they actually live with them during the summer months. Yes, that's correct. 
Um, yes, we, we travel people out from, from all corners of the country, and, um, and part of that agreement is that we give them a, a family while uh-huh. they're here. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think Princeton, Illinois has embraced theater so much? I think it really comes from the, the vision and the hard work that Dexter and Laura Brigham did in the founding days of the company. And, and they are two of many um, company members who came back year after year after year and really helped build this company into what it has become today. Uh, I think that they you know put in the, the time and effort and face time with community members to to show them how important art can be and to, to speak the message of, of what this nonprofit organization has really been all about from the beginning, which is bringing the highest tier of professional theater to a very small community. And they uh, understand that and appreciate that in a way that um, I think other uh, communities could you know, just take for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's spilled um, beyond theater to include arts more comprehensively. There is an established arts district down there, mm. and they have, a, I think, a First Friday uh, kind of event every every Friday of the month throughout the summer where people can walk around and go to the shops and um, – and uh, and so they really, there's quite a lot going on in that community. Yes, it's really wonderful. Not just theater, but also, you know, dance schools and arts galleries, as you said. And it feels like there's constantly live music going on. It's it's really a wonderful small town for the arts, for sure. Mm-hmm. The population of Princeton is around 7,500. Mm. And it's been described, at least I read online, as a beautiful small town with big ideas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, that really um, summarizes it for me because... There must be a huge percentage of people in town who go to your productions with 40 shows yes. uh, that, that you're putting on. Where does your funding come from? We have a number of granting organizations that have been very generous to us over the years. We have a number of um, sponsors and donors uh, that are generous, and we have a number of community members that also choose to donate. Mm-hmm. So ticket sales is uh, certainly a, a decent chunk of the pie, but only part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true for most um, big arts organizations that they really do have to rely on donors each yes. one of your specific plays is is funded by a particular business mm. um and then shakespeare in the park i think uh has had for several years a, a community foundation grant through yes. the state of illinois um why do you think summer stock theater is so important for actors and, and just explain the whole concept of summer stock sure. for people who might not be familiar with it so what a summer stock theater is, is a theater company that primarily produces in the summer and has a large stock of different items that they have in storage that might uh, involve costume pieces, props, scenic pieces, so that that way when they're putting on a play, they already have doors and flats and platforms and costumes in their stock that they can kind of pull out of stock in order to build something relatively quickly as opposed to building it from scratch. So that's what a summer stock theater is by definition, and kind of over time that's evolved a little bit. That's what summer stock theater was decades and decades ago. Now um, theater wants to do more things, audiences uh, want to see more, so you can't really set up the exact same house show after show after show for the audience, so um, things are going in a more creative and exciting direction, certainly at Festival 56, and I think that's true for a lot of summer stock companies. Uh, I also am an educator. Uh, I'm the director of the musical theater program at uh, Binghamton University in upstate New York, so I see how my students get a lot out of summer stock because they are able to work in the summer in a way that they, of course, can't during the school year. When they go to a summer stock company, 
they're required to learn lots of different roles in a short amount of time. That might involve some leading roles where they're really carrying a show, some ensemble roles where they're learning the importance of uh, the specificity of what they're doing and of supporting a show from, um, from a space besides the spotlight. Uh, and doing all of that so quickly is kind of the foundation of what you learn as a theater performer that carries you on to the next steps in your career. Um, we have lots of performers go on to all sorts of different things. We have Festival 56 alumni who are performers in Hamilton. Actually, a Festival 56 alumni won the Tony Award for Lighting Design oh, just last week. That's so, fantastic. Yes. <laughs> he, he was a designer for um, Hades Town as well as for Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 a few years ago. So he has a couple of Tonys on his shelf now. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's just such a, a great, really nod, I think, towards what, what you're doing, uh, what you're doing locally in Princeton. Yeah. So it's so summer stock is a good fit for university communities. It sounds like since there's that break in the summer. Yes, it's a wonderful fit for um, for university students, for faculty members such as myself. Uh, but it's also a wonderful place to work for you know professional actors who happen to have the summer off. It probably just fits into one of several gigs that they have throughout the year as a freelancer, as opposed to to those of us in academia who might only have this three month chunk to give to our professional endeavors. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about yourself for a little bit. Okay. Um, you uh, <laughs> you alluded to the fact that you are teaching in, at Binghamton mm-hmm. in New York. Yes. You're here for the summer. How long have you been associated with Festival 56? This is my second summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but prior to this, I'd worked for other summer stock companies. I actually uh, am a former artistic director from the Clinton Area Showboat Theater, not too far from here. I got my master's at Western Illinois, not too far from here. So even though I'm an East Coast boy originally from New England, I feel like I do have a lot of roots here. Um, and even though this is only my second summer at Festival 56, I feel like I know dozens and dozens of actors and designers and directors who have cycled through Festival 56 in their 16 years. Mm-hmm. That's the wonderful thing, too, about this being based in a small community. Mm. So you're originally from Rhode Island. You came out here to the Midwest to do your master's degree. Mm-hmm. When you were an undergraduate, uh, I have to talk about this because I think <laughs> it's really pretty amazing. You um, got your BA in musical theater, but also in physics. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So there is this kind of quirkiness, I think, within our within our brains. People who are good at physics, good at math, are often very good great artistically they have they're they're perhaps um they excel say at a musical instrument Mm -hmm. or you know in your case theater that 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 i think sometimes people really think that 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 type of mind that kind of analytical mind functions differently um but there's this great creative component to it and and so and so there is a correlation yeah i completely agree um I'm also a pianist, and I feel like it's the mathematical part of my brain that also likes seeing the patterns, whether it's on sheet music or beneath my fingertips on the keys of a piano. It's the same part of my brain that likes that order and likes kind of seeing those patterns. Uh, when I was an undergrad, going back and forth between my musical theater classes and my physics classes, it was a really great balance because there'd be some times that I wanted to get artsy, and there's there's no finish line when you're doing the arts. You can keep working on the same thing over and over again and always find more nuances and more subtext and more beneath the surface. But I'd be do, doing that and eventually get sick of it and just want to do something where there's one right answer. And boy, is that a great time to go do a physics problem set where there's one right answer <laughs> and you come to the, that conclusion and that's it, you're done. But then eventually when that would become too much of the same thing, and I want something where I had more freedom to explore and express myself, there was plenty of things to do for my other classes for Uh that too. (laughs) So it's the yin-yang type of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 How far in advance do you begin to prepare for this summer season? Because I know you're obviously busy during your academic year Mm -hmm. in New York. 
How how do you balance those those things? Oh, I, you have to begin very far in advance, and um, I, I'm already almost decided on what our 2020 season is going to be, which we'll be announcing at the end of our 2019 season. But before we announce it, we of course have to you know consult with the board and other artists to make sure that we fully thought through all the productions of a season and how they work together, and also of course get the rights from the licensing agencies. Um, I've learned that front-loading my own calendar is a great way to get more done um, to the best of uh, everyone's collective ability. So I I like to push hiring into the fall or winter seasons, certainly have it completed by the spring so that that way we are uh, going through pre-production and deciding what all the shows are going to look and feel and smell and taste like uh, in, you know, March, April, May, so that then we get here and we're sort of finalizing things by the time we're all actually together in Princeton so that we can start the build process immediately and really hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. For local people who might be interested in performing um, with you next year, mm. uh, I noticed that there is a, a way that you can uh, find out about additions online. It's festival56.com. And this year you did, you did those in February. You also auditioned, though, out of state. We have several locations Yes, our, our casting director, Laura, does uh, a tour around all sorts of different places. She has local auditions for anyone who's able to make it locally, which sometimes does involve some artists from Chicago that travel in as well. Uh, there is a, a mass cattle call audition that involves lots of different companies and about a thousand different auditioners called the Midwest Theater Auditions held in St. Louis every year. Um, she visits a number of different colleges that have reputable musical theater programs. She has auditions in New York City for, for performers there. So it, it's really a, a large endeavor. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It, I think that's what struck me more than anything when I started learning about what you're doing mm-hmm. in Princeton. It's 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 massive. And in addition to all the things that we've talked about, there's also a summer theater camp for kids called Camp 56. What what happens there? Yeah, uh, and we have a very large theater camp this year. Uh, last I heard, we were at 33 campers, and I'm sure that number is going to go up. Um, for a couple weeks, the campers are there in the morning and the afternoon. Uh, they learn a little bit about theater. They do some arts and crafts projects that are theater-related, uh, you know, perhaps involving making props or mask making or, or things like that. And in addition to that, they learn the music and the choreography to one of the shows that we are doing this summer, and they get to actually appear on stage in that show. How fun. Yeah. And this year it's Mary Poppins. It is, yes. So there will be some songs where you, you will see all, all of a sudden see a bevy of, you know, 7 to 17-year-olds <laughs> and say, where do they come from? Well, those are our Camp 56 uh-huh. campers who um, might be making their, their theater debut with us. <laughs> Perfect. Make time this summer to attend one or more of the summer theater performances put on by Festival 56 in Princeton, Illinois. The first show will be Pinkalicious, the musical, which opens this Friday, June 21st. The full summer schedule and ticket information is available at festival56.com. Princeton is just a short one-hour drive from the Quad Cities. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal. Thank you.